0: So now, what they've done, they look at the Metropolitan, trying to hold on to home ice, get first place potentially, versus uh, you know surpass the Carolina Hurricanes. And this is a team now that I think can absolutely emerge from the Metropolitan Division with the addition of Timo Meyer.
2: That is Craig Button for NHL Jim with some comments on TSN after the Devils picked up Timo Meyer. Trade deadline is Friday, and we're going to talk about it, uh, some of the rumors, some of the trades that have been made, some of the trades that might be made, what's going on with the Sabres. David Panyota joining us. By the way, 803 to join us. I forgot. Hold on. Jeremy's off for a few days. Joe's doing the show with me today. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. There you go. Phone lines are open. David is the editor-in-chief of thefourthperiod.com, which is a great place to go if you're looking for NHL trade rumors. He's joining us right now on our Western Hotline. David, it's Howard and Joe. Good morning. Nice to have you back on the show again. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
2: Other than busy, I guess, is how are you? So, all right, let's, like I said, David, I want to do a combo of what's happened and what might still happen. The big news right now is the long awaited for trade is now done. Timo Meyer to New Jersey. Let's start there. What about the impact of the Devils getting Meyer?
1: Oh, huge, without question. And this doesn't just apply to this season. Um, you know, he's, he's a restricted free agent, he's controllable, and that's something that their GM, Tom Fitzgerald, emphasized. But they're not just getting this player for this run. They're hoping that it's going to be a long-term fit uh, in in New Jersey. And I I know before the trade was consummated, they spoke to his agent, Claude Lemieux, about what what an extension would look like. So they at least have an idea. Obviously, they didn't come with one. uh, But they've got an idea as to what he's looking for. And they felt comfortable enough to pull this off that they could work towards an extension at some point down the road. That could be later this week they could wait till the end of the season, but they know that his ballpark range is around nine million dollars per season. They're more comfortable in the eights, so they'll figure that out at some point. But this was something that, you know, they, they wanted to be in from the and were in really from the start. Going back to when Mike Rear, the GM of the San Jose Sharks, announced that he's willing to take on calls for Eric Carlson back in what was it, November, I think? That wasn't just a, a, a proclamation of Carlson's availability. It was a declaration that he was willing to listen on almost everybody. And New Jersey was one of the teams from the get-go that expressed interest in Meyer. They were able to get it done. It's a pretty good return, quite frankly. I know it's not. You know, some people are criticizing the trade in terms of what San Jose got back. It's not the big, flashy, sexy names. But this is a lot of quality that was sent back to San Jose, uh, especially on the back end. They get some, uh, some pieces up front as well. Andres Johnson has been in the A- is going to be sticking with the NHL club. Uh, Zetterlin's going to give an opportunity to spend some more minutes with uh, with his new team. And the two kids they got in defense are two players that San Jose is very high on. Plus, they get at least a first-round pick um, as part of the package. So, a good deal overall and something that now gives New Jersey two lines that can do a lot of damage in the East.
3: Does it feel like the contract, though, is a big reason why? Like you mentioned, like there are some good pieces to it, but... When we talked about Meyer, I would have expected at least like the premium prospects to me a little bit higher in value. So it, is that, you think, a lot to do with the fact that there was no extension in place? And I guess, how much were the Sharks willing to to let Meyer work for that? Because you'd think, if Meyer can work out an extension with a new team, that's only going to create more value for yourself in a trade.
1: It, it, it normally, yeah, absolutely it would. Um, and, and my understanding is that only... New Jersey was was able to talk to his camp about what it would look like. They never really got too far down the road. I know New Jersey, from what I was told to start, they said to them, okay, we'll we'll come in and around somewhere in the sevens uh, in terms of seven million over eight years. That didn't work. They were willing to go up in the eights, and then they just said, you know what? This is going to take a little bit too much time. we got to rush this thing. Let's just worry about this later. Um, You know, Vegas, St. Louis, uh, the Sabres kicked around a, a while ago, Detroit as well. There were a lot of teams that expressed interest but never really got to that point. Really, it came down to uh, Vegas and and the Devils. And yesterday morning is really when New Jersey just took over entirely, and Vegas was pretty much out of it. So sometimes when these things happen, you know, yeah, if you can get an extension done relatively quickly, it'll up the overall value. Uh, And, you know, I think during the week last week, Alex Holtz was part of the discussion, one of their top prospects, and then when they came to the realization that there wasn't going to be an extension, they didn't want to take that risk, as of Friday, he was pulled out of the proposal from New Jersey. So, yes, it definitely has a play, and it definitely plays a factor, uh, but it, they weren't able to get it done. Uh, I still, I, I, They're definitely comfortable with it. Um, obviously, they pulled it off, uh, but I, I still think there's a lot of quality that went back to San Jose in this deal.
2: David, do you think, uh, you know, from our standpoint here, things seem to be going well with the Sabres, and the GM talks about sticking to their plan, not fast-forwarding and all this other stuff, but you could make a case for need on defense. I don't know. Maybe they think they got to replace Tuck in the short term, whatever, maybe a goalie. Are you hearing anything about the Sabres in the rumor mill, I guess, where I'm going?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it has been followed towards uh, and And aligning obviously with what you know Kevin Adams has been saying about sticking to sticking to the plan, thinking long term. They've got two games left until the trade deadline kicks in, uh, one at home and then Boston, I think, the day before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know this is this is a team that, yes, they want to stick stick with their plans. But one of the things I've been hearing, not just with Buffalo, a few other teams as well, uh, it sounds like they're kind of lurking in the weeds at this point. so what what that means, effectively, is by the trade deadline and over the course of the next three, four days, Kevin Adams, from what my understanding is, is looking to see if he can add some pieces at a discounted rate. The longer this goes, the closer to the deadline. And it may honestly may be a situation where he waits until 2 p.m. Eastern, has a player in mind, goes to a team and says, all right, we got less than an hour to make this happen. Are you willing to take X instead of Y? Uh, Are you willing to lower the price? I think that's where you know, the Sabres may look towards making any additions, unless something falls into their lap prior. It sounds like Buffalo, as much as they're sticking to their plan, will look to see, hey, if there's an opportunity here to get something that can help us now and keep pushing us towards the postseason, uh, and, and it comes at a discounted rate than what the asking price was a few weeks ago, this may be something to pounce on. So I'm looking at Buffalo primarily in that regard. Again, unless something pretty significant happens uh, out of left field, a phone call rings, and all of a sudden there's an opportunity to make a significant ad uh, with respect to sticking to the long-term plan. So uh, I don't want to say Meyer-esque because I, I don't think that caliber player, but if somebody is controllable, that is that has term or is a pending restricted free agent, we saw Tanner Janot, for example, uh, move from Nashville to Tampa last night. If there's something of that caliber with con- from a contractual status perspective, I could see them perhaps making some some movement there because it fits into the long-term plan. Otherwise, I think Buffalo may be a team that, again, one of those lurking in the weeds types of clubs. Prices drop, gives them an opportunity to help them now for for a playoff stretch. I think that's something they would look at.
3: Well, David, the guy I've wondered for, we've talked about a lot, for fitting into the long-term plan is Jacob Chikrin out of Arizona. Yeah. Um, and to me, he fits exactly what the Sabres would want for their roster. They need a, another defenseman outside their top three. And age-wise, he fits. He's 24. He's got two more years of control. But my thought on him has kind of been he's at 4.6. If Arizona retains half and gets to 2.3, like that is going to allow a lot of teams to be in the bidding process that are otherwise aren't and might cause like contenders up against the cap to pay a premium for it, and the Sabres, I mean, they don't really need, I mean, they have $17 million in cap space. They don't really need that cap uh, element of it that I think might allow someone else to outbid them.
1: Yeah, and, and that place that definitely factors in for teams that are looking to take on full contracts versus asking a team to retain. Now, I know there are some reports out there that you know, Arizona is willing to retain, but exactly to your point, that's up the price. And I don't see a scenario where that actually plays a factor um, and, and actually actually comes into play here. Uh, I think if Chickering is moved, and there are a lot of people that still believe, and I keep being told the same thing, that he will be moved by the deadline. I mean, we've seen it before and it hasn't happened. So I'm 50-50 on it right now because uh, we thought he was going to be an L.A. King a few weeks ago. It was very close. I, I don't see a scenario where it really makes sense, quite frankly, for Arizona to retain and for teams like Buffalo that do have that cap space. Uh, it makes it, a, it it's more fortuitous to say, hey, we don't need to worry about the money. Let's just figure out the main uh, nuts and bolts of this deal. Although, while he is a player that I, I would certainly benefit pretty much any club and would fit nicely with the Sabers, I don't think that's a guy that they're primarily focused on. Um, again, this may be a scenario where it falls into their lap. I, I just I haven't heard too much about that, to be perfectly honest.
3: He he's been mentioned in in trade talks for over a year now. Like. You mentioned, like, don't they finally kind of have to do it? Because I would start to wonder, David, like, if they don't do it, is the player going to be like, okay, what the hell are we doing here? Like, I'm still here. Well, they've
2: been sitting him for, what, three weeks now, right? Didn't they take him out of the lineup earlier, like, mid-February or something for
1: trade-related reasons, right? Yeah, yeah, February 11th. I was in L.A. Hmm. Uh, There was the big Dustin Brown ceremony. We were walking to the rink both. 7.30 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 local, and Arizona came out with their relief that he's being sit for, uh, sat excuse me, for trade-related reasons. There was something in place with the L.A. Kings at that point, and something changed. Uh, I don't know if there was a cha- a, an ask that changed at the last minute. That's kind of what I'm led to believe. I don't know that 100%. But you know, we were sitting there during the Dustin Brown ceremony just wondering and, and talking to people and going, okay, is this going to happen? This probably won't happen tonight. They may wait till tomorrow. And then eventually things just kind of fizzled. Um, LA still very much in the mix. You're right. He sat, I think it's seven games now. Now he understands what's going on. Um, this is a little bit different than Vladislav Gavrikov in Columbus, who's also sat seven games. There's nothing close there after they thought he was going to Boston and he thought he was going to Boston. He's been pretty, like he's ticked off about that scenario. He wants to play. Chikrin definitely wants to play, but he understands that they're trying to move him and he wants finality here. Like this goes back, like at the start of the season, he said, All right, just make this happen. Like it wasn't an, an official get me out of here request, but it was do what you can to make this happen, please, because we need to figure this out. It's been over a year uh, at that point. So we're sitting on basically two seasons of Arizona trying to trade Jacob Chikrin and holding firm to their ass. So I give him credit there. <laughs> but I think this is, you're getting to a point now where, okay, you've got to pull the trigger on this. The longer this goes, the worse it looks uh, on the organization as well. And Again, they were very close. So I think – I know L.A. is still in the mix. There are other teams that have been circling. I think we will see something happen by the deadline on Friday. Uh, But there's always that part of me, because of the history here, that wouldn't be shocked if this goes to the summer. And, uh, man, I I know he won't be happy about that.
2: David, um, you know, Meyer was a big name. Um, Between now and Friday, who are the biggest names left you think will be moving?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, aside from the Patty Kane situation, we all know he's going to be a Ranger midweek unless somehow they create additional cap space early. Uh, But looking at some of the other players outside of, of course, Chikrin as well, um, you have Gavrikov. They're trying to make that happen uh, and have circled back with teams like Edmonton, Toronto, uh, Winnipeg as well. James Van Riemsdyk is one of the, I guess, topper echelon type uh, rental forwards right now. Um, he's going to be moved by the deadline. Philly is going to have to retain probably half of his seven million dollar cap hit. Wouldn't shock me if we see a third team coming to play here to retain a little bit extra. But you've got teams like Minnesota, Winnipeg, Vegas, Dallas that are looking at him um, to see, and there may be others if there's a if there's a third party involved. Um, but he's up there as well. You have Luke Shen on the back end. John Klingberg is well out of Anaheim. Brock Besser is still very much available. Two more years left on his contract at $6.65 million. Vancouver's trying really hard to make that happen. Um, and then we're starting to hear more. Like, we've heard these names before. We've heard John Gibson, goalie out of Anaheim. We've heard JT Miller out of Vancouver. Um, these types of players are starting to creep up a little bit more. Colton Pareko out and Tory Krug out of St. Louis. Like These names have been popping up for a better part of the last few weeks and we're starting to hear them getting a little bit louder right now. Now, it could be a result of the real bigger names like, like Kane and uh, Tarasenko off the board, Horvat and so on, and, and, and Meyer. Uh, it could be a result of those guys now being out of the market. But these players that I mentioned, you know, I throw Besser in there, Miller, Gibson, and uh, Pareka, the defenseman out of, um, out of St. Louis, I think we're going to hear a little bit more noise over the next few days about those types of players as teams look to make some, some different shifts. The market, especially up front, is is very thin now. Like JDR is a top forward rental right now. Wow. With all due respect to him, and he's having a solid season,
4: yeah, he's right. not the,
1: the flashy name, right? So yeah. we're, we're going to see some moves. We're going to see some more activity this week, and Friday will be interesting. But I'm very curious to see how those bigger names that I mentioned come into play.
3: And then, quickly, Dave, before we let you go, is there any goalie market really to speak of this week?
1: Uh, On the lesser end, like I know in the update, you guys talked about Cam Talbot. Yeah, that's getting there. Vegas circled back yesterday about Cam Talbot. But those are the types of players. I don't think we'll, unless something dramatic happens in Pittsburgh, I don't think we're going to see a trade right now that involves either a John Gibson or a Thatcher Demko out of Vancouver. Demko, there are conflicting reports that he would welcome a trade. He hasn't asked for a trade. But I could tell you, talking to people directly involved with the situation, uh, he would welcome one. But I think that's something that's more likely to happen in the summer. I look to Pittsburgh at both of those guys. Um, we'll see if somehow Ron Hextall decides, okay, to heck with this. Let's go big fish hunting. Um, but I don't get that sense just yet.
2: The, the uh, website, by the way, David's website, and we advise you to go there because it's re- really cool, is thefourthperiod.com. The word, spell out the word forth, F-O-U-R-T-H. And when you get there, right on the homepage, you can't miss the link for rumors. Click on it and plenty of good stuff. David, I know it's busy, so thank you very much for giving us some time this morning.
1: You got it. I appreciate you having me. Enjoy the week. It should be interesting.
2: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward for the Bob Corkin pickup. David Panyota joining us uh, from editor in chief from the fourthperiod.com of the Western Did, did you
3: get scared there? halfway through spelling the word fourth there? I
2: did, yes. Because I you know what? <laughs> I could hear it. <laughs> be- honestly, because we have Firth jewelers go forth with Firth and yes, it's F O R T H
3: yes. It's different.
2: Joe, at my age you get scared about a lot of things. Yes, I had to think, okay, which way do I
3: spell? <laughs> this is live
2: radio. Which way do I spell
3: fourth? Um, what are they gonna do? Fire you? you <laughs> I could have, use that, you're going to use that a lot this week. I have week.
2: totally not taken advantage of that the last few weeks. Like, I've not done anything stupid based on, what are they going to do, fire me? Does
3: it feel like your last week? Um,
2: Not yet? No. Well, I don't know, Joe. Does it feel like? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Not completely. Like, it hasn't hit me yet. Like, Monday morning, I don't have to wake up at 4. Sure. Next week. Uh, I've thought about it. Yeah. It, But not complete. I know. I'm aware of it.
3: I hope so. I'd hope I mean, I do, have, I do have a, a, a countdown
2: <laughs> tracker at home, you know, five days, four yes. shows, three. Sh- I have a big piece of paper that I tear we, off a giant calendar.
3: We have, a, we have countdowns, too. We have like the little, they're like little whiteboard squares, uh, like magnets oh, that go on the fridge. Man. So we've got one for the wedding date. We've got one for the honeymoon date. And then I've got one for the bachelor party, which is. You don't
2: have one till days till I take over for Howard?
3: I do not. I do not have that. Okay, I, do not I thought have maybe that you there. would
2: keep that at home just no. in case. Um, do you think by Friday afternoon the Sabres will make a trade? I'm not nailing down a position. Do you think Kevin Adams will add a piece? Like David was saying, you know, they're kinda, kinda laying yeah. back a little bit, laying in the weeds. You can certainly make a case for a defenseman. You have talked about the goaltender market. Yep. Uh I mean, if you, you know, sounds like they want to try and play Anderson more down the stretch, talks out for a while. Do you think they'll make some kind of deal by Friday afternoon?
3: What's Friday afternoon? Like, the, by the time we would hear they're done? Or, like, by the time... What? Like, are we talking before deadline? Or, like, we're just saying at some point on at Friday? At some point. Yeah, I think they'll do something. Pretty confident? I'm I'm very confident. I'm very confident they'll do something. I don't know if it's going to be momentous. That it's going to be chickering. No, I don't
2: think it will be momentous. Yeah, no, but I think, it's gonna be, I think No, I don't think it will be momentous, by the way. If they add a piece... It's going to be something minor, a depth forward or a depth defenseman. Yeah. I don't think they're going to add a
3: goalie, Joe, but it's not a big piece. Here's a trade I could see them doing: Rasmus Asplund for some team's depth defenseman. They Maybe. got a lot of forward depth. Maybe Tuck being out makes this less likely, but. Asplund, I think, is a good player. He's a good bottom six defensive forward, yeah. And he can't crack this lineup no. because they just have so many forwards. Even like yesterday, I would have thought, okay, maybe he goes back in, but I get why not because you are trying to replace Tuck's offense. Yeah, and, does that. Yeah, you would think he does a little bit more of that than Asplund does. Who's a very he's a defensive minded forward. So he's a player that's worth being in the NHL. He's a like I said, I think he's a very good bottom six player. So go trade. Your very good bottom six player that can't crack the lineup, go find a team that's got a great blue line and they've got a really good third pair defenseman that can't crack the lineup because of how many guys you got. I don't have a name ready for you on that, but something like that—that's a hockey trade that you could do that isn't like a blockbuster, but kind of fits.
2: Yeah, I right, know we got to get to break. I was just—it's either going to be a bottom, it's a bottom, it's a third pairing defenseman. Or a bottom six forward, and I think I would lean towards the third pairing defenseman as number one on the chart. If he makes a move, I think it's for a third pairing defenseman. I, I, I'd almost honestly, I'd almost be surprised if they don't add some kind
3: of defenseman piece by the deadline. Also, how he David mentioned Vegas is in on like all these big trades. Yeah, how
2: still looking for a goalie apparently, how? right? He said they're in on Talbot. I guess
3: they are paying out right now in salary ninety five million dollars that's including the St Louis deal the like bar- bar- including they got barbershop. including barbershop. they are now paying 95 million the salary cap is 82.
2: they're on long- term injury reserve I assume they've got
3: guys on long term they do- Mark Stone at nine and a half he's going to come back at some point right uh maybe I don't know is he I don't understand how they keep pay- paying people yeah like eventually eventually this has to this has to end like next year they already have 80 million dollars on their books already. I just I don't get it. I don't get how they always find money. It's eight, crazy. Sorry, eight oh three oh five fifty to join us. Big
2: uh, win for the Sabers yesterday. We're talking about the win, the playoff race, the injuries with Tuck and Darlene, the trade deadline coming up Friday. You can join us on that. If there's anything else you want to get to, that's fine too. We do have some football stuff want to get to as well. So we'll do that in a moment. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us on WGR.
5: Selling a little or a lot. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a
0: fighter. and medella is your reward. medella the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
4: You know, a lot of people ask me, oh, if it wasn't, wasn't Buffalo, you know, where would you go? You know, I kind of
1: ponder the question every once in a while. I'd love to go to a state that doesn't take half of my money. Um, that has nothing to do with the city or the, the fit. nothing to do with any of that. I'd love to go to a place where they don't take half of my money.
2: That's Jordan Poyer from the Jordan Poyer podcast. He brought up an idea of an intriguing place to play that might not go well with Bills fans. We'll get to that in just a second. Howard and Joe with you, 803-0550, gonna to get to a call, but first let's get you some stats of the game from the Sabres win over the Capitals. Those are brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile I mentioned Cousins, his first career hat trick now twenty-three goals on the season. He's up to fifty two points in fifty seven games. Mr. Jeff Skinner scored his twenty fifth goal of the season. He's at fifty nine points. Joe's the betting expert on the show, but I'll I'll steal his thunder and say pretty safe bet Skinner's gonna set a career high this season.
3: Yes. He's gonna set his career high by like 15.
2: maybe the end of this week. Yeah. Uh he's his career high is sixty-three points, which ironically he's done four times. His career high has done four four different seasons, sixty-three points, no higher. He's got fifty-nine right now. Jack Quinn, couple of assists yesterday, seven points in his last seven games. Owen Power, if you're waking up sore this morning, bud, I have no problem understanding that. Twenty-seven minutes and forty-three seconds of ice time for power yesterday. Daleen, of course, not playing. Power had an assist. He had five shots on goal. And Joe's favorite stat, in the Goathead Unis, the Sabres are now 7-1 and one this season and have outscored the opposition 43-23. We'll those are yeah. some of the stats of the game from yesterday's win over the Washington Capitals. To Jordan Poirier in a moment. We'll get connected with our fans. Mark in Buffalo, you're on WGR. Go right ahead.
4: Hello. Yep, go ahead, Mark. Hey, Howard. I just wanted to say, Thank you for your years of service to Buffalo and your love of Buffalo. I'm not going to be around in the next few days. You've been a voice for me every morning that you've been on the air. We haven't seen eye to eye. I'm not a Mets fan, but your love of the Bills and the Sabres and the city of Buffalo, you've been an inspiration. You're one of those voices. As I'm the same age as you. So, I mean, Van Miller, Murph, I mean, you can keep going. Jim Brinson was with you on Empire with Button Boy. Uh, but thank you. Thank you for being part of Buffalo. And I wish you all the best in your retirement and uh, happiness. And hey, one they're, request. They're,
2: they're, they're, you're please. never too old to change, by the way, if you would like to be a Mets fan.
4: Oh, I can't <laughs> do that. I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan from the Johnny bench days. All right. That's and not
2: really going well right now.
4: I know, but we need you to still, you have to at least do one segment, no matter where you're going in your retirement is pick the bills, please. Howard, again, thank you so much. And, uh, You've been an inspiration, and you've been great for the city of Buffalo. Thank I appreciate you. it,
2: Mark. It's very nice of you. Pick the Bills will continue. I'm no pretty, one's pretty letting
3: you on out the door without agreeing to pick, pick the, the bills. bills. I'm
2: pretty sure that's going to continue.
3: Yep. So
2: we're going to work on something. I'll probably actually be in studio, too, so Joe and Jeremy get to see my wonderful smiling face mm-hmm. on Tuesdays. So we'll work that out. Jordan Poyer. So we heard you heard the clip. Uh, the Jordan Poyer podcast, he also talked about – Living somewhere warm. Miami. Then Miami. Yeah. So apparently he's friends with Tua Tungvaluwa because he said he's wishing Tua a happy birthday. He's going to attend Tua's birthday party, uh, which let's say this is on Saturday. I don't know if this was this weekend or the upcoming Saturday. Anyway, uh, he's friends with Tua. He was going to his birthday party and said, quote, it would be crazy to stay in the AFC East and come down here to South Florida. I might have to put my best suit on. Put on put a nice little tie on. I know Mike McDaniel will be in there. We'll see who's over there. By the way, hmm. I have no problem with the paying less taxes thing. He would not be the first person to nope. leave New York State and move to Florida where they have no state income taxes. Look, Joe, I'll say this. I, I mean I'm I've been convinced that he wasn't gonna be back. Yep. Because I don't think I think the Bills would offer him no more than a one, maybe two year deal in Poyer. I think it would be nuts to accept that if he can get more than that on the open market. It's his last chance to get his big contract. I don't think he's coming back. I do not expect that. I will also tell you that I would not freak out. I think that would be a really good addition, by the way, for Miami. I really think yep. adding him to their secondary would be a really, really good pickup for the Dolphins. But I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to freak out because Jordan Porter might be playing in the division. But it's a smart move for Miami. I'd, I'd add him if I were them.
3: Everything he said... Kind of points you to Miami, right? Like the no state income tax. It's All big, right. right, who's got who's got no income tax? Seattle, Texas maybe? Texas. So you got the Cowboys and the Texans. He's you've got the Vegas Raiders and you got the Titans and the Dolphins and Jaguars right. and he's Buccaneers. not going to Tennessee. Not going to Tennessee. So he
2: would like to go. Ideally, I would think, right, to a team that's contending. Well, you know,
3: Miami yep. would be in that discussion. So he mentioned warm weather. He mentioned Tua. I guess Jacksonville fits a lot, checks a lot of these boxes too, right? Like that's Florida. Yeah, it's not as warm as Miami, but still Florida. No state income tax. Tampa doesn't make sense because Jacksonville, at least, like they're probably going to win their division. So, but Miami, I'd be very curious to see how they do it. Miami actually, the Bills are eighteen million dollars over the cap at the moment. Yeah, the Bills have fifty-three players under contract. The Dolphins are fifteen million dollars over the cap. They have. Forty-three players under contract. Remember, Sal. Every Sal will continue to remind us. You bring ninety guys to camp. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins don't even have half of the players they're going to bring to camp, and they're already fifteen million over. Right. Ten fewer players in the bill. So, how do they do it? And I'm sure they'll find room to do something this off season. But can they afford a Jordan Poyer? That I don't know. I, I'd have to. Byron Jones. I know they're going to save a couple of million yeah, dollars. Right. He's going to retire. Um there must, be that, some, though, there must
2: be a cap cut or two coming up. from. I haven't looked at their cap situation. Is there somebody they can, some weight, I've looked, dead weight they can
3: move on from? That's the thing. I've looked, and I'm more familiar, of course, with the Bills' cap situation at this point, but like, not really. Hmm. Like, there's a couple of guys where they can get under the cap for, but are they going to be able to fit a Poyer contract? Maybe. Maybe they will. Um, there's always cap gymnastics you can do. How would we feel about Poyer going to Miami, though? Would it be. It wouldn't feel it like a swing betrayal, bat- No,
2: no, 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 no. He can do whatever he wants to do. Look, Thurman Thomas going to Miami really hurt. But hey, they cut him! Right. I mean, I really had... It It sucks seeing him in a Dolphins uniform. I wouldn't feel the same way about Jordan Poirier. I love what he's done with the Bills. He was a fantastic pickup. But it's not going to like break my heart to see him wearing Dolphins colors. And it doesn't swing the balance in the division either. It's a really nice... If he signs there, it's a smart move for the Dolphins.
3: It makes them better defensively. Is that, though... Is that the hardest... Exit to take since Thurman, the hardest former Bill landing spot since Thurman. Like G- Gilmore, Stefan Gilmore went to New England, but Gilmore, I, Gilmore, I thought was great, but he wasn't the most popular player. Like
2: no, Poyer is. No, he was. I liked Gilmore, but sure, there were people ran hot and cold on him. So see, part of the discussion too is because the Bills are good. Like when former players, yeah, like Gilmore left to New England, we didn't sit here to talk about. Oh my God! Now the Patriots are going to win the division, and the Bills have owned the division. Right, now Gilmore. Right. It was never a, like, wow, this is really going to hurt. It hurts the Bills, helps that team because the Bills were always missing the playoffs. Right. There was no competitive I mean, Harrison Phillips went to Minnesota. I liked him. I, I mean, what a great guy. But yeah. we didn't look at it and go, wow, that's terrible. But, th-
3: but this is one of your all-time players at the safety position. I mean, he's a wall of famer? Close? It will be debatable. Either yeah,
2: way. I don't, I don't know that he's a wall of famer.
3: Either way, he's... One of your greatest players at that position ever. And he's going to go to your division rival in the middle of an era where they're going to be competing with you.
2: Well, first off, if the Bills don't want to give him the contract he wants, he can go wherever the heck... I mean, it's up to him. I'm not going to begrudge
3: Jordan Poyer if he wants to sign in Miami. He doesn't... That's fine. Do you think fans will, though? Will fans begrudge Poyer if he says, I'm going there. I'm going to the Dolphins. Because there are some guys... I suppose... I mean, I...
2: Joe, I can't speak for the fans. You shouldn't. You should not begrudge. I <laughs> yeah. will give you advice. You shouldn't begrudge Jordan Poyer if he goes to the Dolphins. And I'm telling you that I think it does make Miami a better football team. But yep. don't begrudge him. It's an open market. You can go where the heck he wants. Yep. And again, if you're Jordan Poyer, you just read some of these. Now, that was only where there's no state income tax. Right. But if you're Jordan Poyer, wouldn't Miami be appealing to you? Not just warm weather, yeah. no, but it would. the team. It would. The talent level, the team they have. The head coach, I think, would be a fun guy to play for, quite honestly. They just brought in Vic Fangio, who will probably make that defense better just by his presence as the coordinator. Yeah. I think if you are And there's talent on that side of the ball. I think if you're poor, it's a very attractive place to play. If I'm him, I'd absolutely jump on a Miami offer. Yeah. All things being equal. I mean, I don't know what they're going to offer him.
3: If Miami doesn't land him, that's going to be will their be, big move. That's
2: funny. Will people begrudge him? Don't you think there's still, though, like, you're – your age group of uh, would be more angry about the Patriots, right? Isn't oh, the, isn't sure. Isn't the Dolphins thing for the if, older crowd, like myself if and he the went, older crowd? Let
3: me ask you, is your answer different to would you begrudge him if he went to New England? I probably wouldn't like him. Okay. <laughs> what about Kansas City? Ooh. That's, that's joining a good, the evil ooh, that's empire. That's a good one, that's right? a good war, Cincinnati. They're not really evil, though. They're just the empire. So I'm they were a good one, They're joining the evil empire. They go to the Super Bowl champs. I would. You know what? No. I'm going to take the...
2: I'm going to be Take classy here. That's right. Because you know why?
3: It's harder with the Chiefs, though, than it is with the Dolphins. He's been
2: told, you, you're, go- you're no longer in our plans, Jordan. Yeah, He can go wherever the heck he wants. He doesn't owe us anything. The, he doesn't owe it to Bills fans yeah. to not go to some place that we won't be happy about. You, he goes wherever the heck he wants to
3: go. I think for this, though, the Chiefs and the Patriots outrank the Dolphins. Patriots might be a part. Like, yeah, no the New England.
2: You, no one should you ever can't... go to No one who plays here should ever go to New England.
3: I agree. You can't go to New England. I think that's the only team. That's don't it. go to New England. Yep.
2: Hey, he wants to go to Kansas City. Maybe he thinks that gives him a better shot to get a ring. I mean, you'd be right,
3: like, not he? Not a bad place to be, right? Great coach, great quarterback, winning team. Man, that would... I, the New England thing, I'm like half kidding when I say it. The, the, my, the Kansas City landing spot for Poirier. I don't know that they are interested in the safety in the first place, but right. I'm just imagining it. Yep. it would be a way tougher pill to swallow, I think. Right? Than Miami, Kansas City, then, then Miami. Miami. I think so. Hmm. I'm just imagining him getting a pick in a game against the Chiefs and just everyone going, "Oh, <laughs> what the hell!"
2: But he would play the Bills twice if he goes to Miami. And
3: he would be completely within his right to go to any of these teams, but. That one, for some reason, I'm trying to imagine in my head, him picking off Josh Allen in each of these uniforms. Mm. And the can- I have no ill will towards the Chiefs. They are not hateable to me. Right. But for some reason, him doing it for that team seems tougher to think about than the others.
2: 803 0550 to join us. More football talk coming up top of the hour. The Combine is this week. We're going to talk a little bit about that with Chad Forbes. Stay tuned for that. Phone line's open for you to join us on WGR.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
4: Connor Garland, off Besser's stick. Oh, Mark is going to shine! An empty net goal to seal this win.
2: Jack Edwards on the call in Boston. Lenith Olmark becoming the 13th goalie in NHL history to score a goal. The 8th to actually shoot the puck into the open net. See, Now, now that's a former See, Buffalo that's, guy. That's why they should have kept Olmark, his goal
3: scoring. Yeah, and that, also that's a former Buffalo guy on a team you can't stand. Yeah, that's your Poyer, uh comparison. Although didn't, I didn't bother me when Allmark went I Love Lena Allmark. Yeah, he I, is I one of the didn't most. I not think he'd do as well as he's doing right now, but he's got a great team in front of him. I mean, he's thirty-four and one on the season. Really, that's the, 30, he lost a game, right? One of them were the Sabers, the 30, team he played. Thirty-four and one. He is wow. I didn't know it was that good. far and away the best goaltender in hockey this year. Like he is at a nine thirty-eight save percentage, which I wonder actually what the record is. Will he be closing in on the record? Either way, the who's second? I'm trying to find it. Second this year in save percentage is at, I think, 921. Ooh, that's a pretty like, good he, gap. Yeah. He is so far and away the best goaltender in hockey. He's going to cruise to the Vesna. He might be a unanimous
6: Vesna winner.
2: Let's get connected with our fans. We've got uh, Johnny and Buffalo on hold. You're on WGR. Go right ahead.
6: Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you know, with the dra- uh, NFL draft and the combine coming up, um, you know, I've spoke about this before, but I just really want to see the team go all in on offense, yep. do everything we can to get Josh the weapons and help that he needs to be because, you know, I look at Josh Allen, and you, you can compare him to other athletes. and He's just such a, a unique and special athlete. You know, other athletes call him an alien. He's a unicorn, whatever you want to call him. He's just – he's got it all. And, you know, like, people are always going to compare him and Burrow and Mahomes. And you look at what Mahomes does and with Andy Reid, and you see things that Josh does here in Buffalo. You know, there's things that Allen does that Mahomes can't do just because of his physical – you know, J- Josh is just so physically gifted and his running ability and everything like that. But, you know, I look at Mahomes and I see, you know, he, he makes – I think sometimes he makes a smarter play. He he takes the check down more. But that's how the Chiefs offense is built sometimes. And so I look at it and I say, okay, there's things that Mahomes uh, can't do that Josh does, but there's nothing that Mahomes does that Josh can't do. So it gets me thinking, like, you know, I know this is offseason hypotheticals coming into play, but let's let's go hypothetical here. Say you switch Mahomes and Allen. Put Allen on the Chiefs with Andy Reid. And I know it's impossible to know. But are the Chiefs any different? Have they won any less titles? You know, I know Mahomes developed a little quicker. It took Josh a little longer to get going. But personally, I don't see it. I I see maybe the same amount for the Chiefs, and I don't see the Bills going any further. And that is kind of, you know, I know, Joe, you tweeted something out a while ago about how um, McDermott is going into his seventh year and no coach has except Cowher has won a, champion, a Super Bowl after a seventh year. And this is Mah- McDermott's, like, make or break year for that, I guess. So, you know, I, I, I love what the coaching staff did to get the Bills to where they are, and I think they deserve a ton of credit. But we have an absolute alien at quarterback, uh, a guy who, you know, I think is so athletic and is so unique. You know, you could compare him to lebron in the nba it's just like let's do everything we can to make him the best quarterback on the planet and i just if, if it doesn't happen this year i'm gonna start to worry a little bit more about saying yeah. okay when's it gonna happen because we haven't even made an afc championship game with this coaching staff. but that's just where i'm at i want to hear what you guys have to say thanks
2: well they made one right i mean lost in kansas city um yeah, I, I'm with you. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, wide receiver, offensive line. I guess I guess the people who want him to draft a running back in the first round, meanwhile, they are doing what you wanted them to do, Johnny, right? They're trying to help Josh Allen the offense out. I wouldn't do that myself with the first-round pick. But yes, I'd like to believe this is an offseason where the general manager knows his offensive line needs to be better, and the general manager also knows their weapons in the passing game not named Stefan Diggs aren't good enough aren't good enough on a full-time level to make this a Super Bowl team. So I would be surprised. The question is, when do they address it? Where do they address it? What kind of priority do they put on it in the draft? Maybe some free agent moves, but I'd I'd be surprised. They know it too, right, Joe? If we're all talking about it, these guys are smart people. They must know. The line needs to be better in at least one, maybe two spots, and they've got to get better help in addition to Stefan Diggs Davis is okay. he's just not good not good enough to be a number two guy, a big time number two guy. I think they know all that
3: I do too, and I think if they were to go through this whole off season and show or make actions that they didn't, Oof, I think a lot boy. of fans would lose a lot of confidence. I would lose a lot of confidence, yeah, but part of the reason I have confidence in the entire operation is I feel like they're smart enough to to recognize what everyone else sees, which is. Allen needs more help, and don't just don't be the Packers. The Packers were this for 10 years, where every year it was, get Aaron Rodgers more help. All he has, Devontae Adams. That's it. And they never did it. They never did it. But they're, they are, you would like to think, an anomaly. Don't let the Bills be another one of those, where every year we're talking about it. Just have a... Have an understanding of what wins in the league and watch watch the Chiefs. Watch how easy it can be for Mahomes. He is capable of being Superman like Allen is at any given moment. And the Chiefs don't care and say we still need to help him as much as possible.
2: 803-0550 to join us. We will talk more football. Hone in a little bit on the Combine, which is going on this week in Indianapolis. The draft that's coming up in a moment on WGR.